You're gonna wake in three, two, Hello and welcome back to Wild Wild Westworld. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Ballack, and the last analog digital device in a digital world. I think I messed that one up. Here's Sean Vaughn. Like a soft-headed boy humming a tune someone else composed. <laughs> Which would describe my delivery of my quote. That's that's what I was talking about. Yeah, it works out beautifully. <laughs> And here we are with episode seven. Seven seems to be the number of the episodes that they go with a French uh, title. Oh, is, are we on like a language rotation here? We go with like the Spanish title and the Latin title and the, like the French title. Well, they seem to switch it up. I mean, we definitely had like uh, uh, like it was a Japanese title for for Shogun World. Yeah, I mean that makes sense for that one, but. <laughs> Right, exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, think episode was, seven was uh, from season one. Also, just happened to be a, a French title. So, oh, gotcha. To just yeah, I mean, keeping it going. Well, I guess there's a bit of a Maeve connection. The whole like, um, uh, uh, isn't she like French New Orleans? Like that whole thing. I would think. I think so. I think you're right. I, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just assuming things. I don't know. Um, one thing I did forget to uh, talk about on the. I think it started with the last episode, but I noticed it again this episode. I really like the the new version of the recaps they're doing. So, like before the episode starts, they used to do like the whole like uh, you know a little bit of like intro and then like people having conversations and things. And now it's just like almost like they're giving us reveries. They're just kind of flashing like uh, uh, non-dialogue, just clips of moments that are, you know, just enough to make you remember what happened in previous episodes. Yeah, that's a good point to call them sort of like reveries for the viewer because yeah, anytime I see that recap, I know like if it's something that I haven't thought about in a while, then it's sort of like, oh, okay, buckle up. They're bringing that back around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, uh, you don't feel as bad for forgetting everything from season one. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like it was, um, yeah, super helpful. And I feel like this was the, you know, if if last episode was sort of the wind up, this is the release episode because yeah, they kind of left it, left us hanging for a week with just a, that brief uh, reflection of Dr. Ford. So I was just so excited to get back to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean this whole like concept to me is just like, if you, uh, tune into our other sister show Paula Tinkering, uh, the whole like idea of, uh, brains and consciousness and, and switcherooing is, uh, something I find, uh, very fascinating. And, um, like this, this whole idea of like, I still can't wrap my mind around the fact, like if, is Ford still Ford once he's in the machine or is he just a copy of Ford that is like, um, you know, taking the place of Ford, um, kind of like we were kind of reveling in Bernard being created now by the memories of other people of him rather than actually being a copy of Arnold. Um, so like, you know, that they're just playing with that whole idea of like, where is that line of consciousness and like, where are you a person and where are you like a clone and a copy is just like vastly interesting to me. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to play with that a bit more. Cause I, I think we just sort of take it as, um, 
like it's for granted or just like, yeah, I guess if it's digital, then yeah, perfect copy done. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to get into the fact that like, you know, even though we perceive that as the same person, is that the same person? Like, do they feel like the same person? Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause we, we get a bit of exposition, which is, you know, always sounds sweeter coming from Sir Anthony Hopkins. So <laughs> we get uh, you know a little bit about the, like, yeah, it didn't work when we try to put a, you know, a real human consciousness in a host body, but I'm still cool because I'm digital. Yeah, exactly. Like as long as he doesn't try and venture out of Westworld, but then isn't that just like, if that is you, aren't you just kind of like putting yourself in your own prison for eternity? That's what it would seem like. And (laughs) and then who's there to even to give Ford his fidelity tests? Exactly. Yeah. Or to, um, uh, to like, I don't know. Could you like, being he has that that line about uh what is it something like uh i don't think god rested on the seventh day i think he reveled in his creation which you know is i think there to kind of explain like you know what he's doing he's just kind of like finally enjoying his work but i would think that would get old especially like on the cycle speed of computing (laughs) so like (laughs) you know after like what would be two minutes to us you would think he would go through like a hundred cycles of lifing or whatever Right. Or just but, yeah, the fact that it is um, sort of every like possibility or you know, it's sort of like the, you know, backup storage. So, yeah, he, he certainly has like an infinite amount of, of things to to revel in. Yeah. But then later in the episode, there, uh, he and Bernard are in uh, Bernard's house inside of the, the cradle. And he was talking about how he uh, Bernard left. Uh, our Bernard and Dolores were uh, kind of left there for years to fake, to try and find the, you know, the most uh, uh, believable version of Arnold Bernard Bernardold. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So, to make a diet Arnold that tastes the same as regular. Exactly. Yeah. And so that kind of makes me think that they aren't taking advantage of, or maybe just, it's not possible and like things are happening in real time inside the cradle. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I think they also didn't have that technology or it wasn't because this was like he died pre William. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like coming into play into the park and stuff. So you know, they just sort of try to build um, an Arnold bot using nothing but recollections from just him and Dolores, which is kind of interesting where I think he talks a bit about it being sort of not just a carbon copy, but sort of its own new thing that could be better. Yeah, yeah, which I, yeah, it's, <laughs> it does kind of put a, a different spin on uh, what his intent is. Um, but the, I don't know, is the, the idea then that um, these new creations are going to replace humanity? That's kind of what I was guessing, where they're sort of using the, uh, you know, a real person's consciousness as a, as a starting point and then sort of, you know, chipping away from there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess going back to uh, the start of the start of the episode, uh, we have, uh, um, you know, it kind of opens with the, I guess we'd call it a cold open still uh, with Bernard and uh, Charlotte and Stubbs and that whole scenario of them uh, uh, kind of being brought back to where, um, who, uh, who was it that was killed? Was it Hale? I don't know. Uh, um, who was the, the lady that Bernard killed in the, the little bunker? Oh, Teresa. 
Yeah, Teresa. So they're, you know, kind of going back into that little uh, bunker to, uh, uh, I don't know, to get information or to try and figure out if it was Bernard or uh, Stubbs that did the, did that killed her. And uh, that's when we stumble upon that scene that we had actually mentioned in the last episode that was in the teasers where they find uh, Bernard's old bodies. Right. Yeah. The the room of like the, the Bernard closet. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of at least kills our Bernard army theory. Unfortunately, uh, those do just seem to be the obsolete old, you know, junker Bernard. <laughs> last year's models. Exactly. Yeah, Although yeah. did it start off? I thought I remember it being kind of bizarre, like it's starting off with like Bernard waking up from the floor, holding a picture of his dead son, as you mm-hmm. do. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so and that was that before they like found out that he was a a host. Um, um, why would he be past that? Why would he be holding that picture of his son? <laughs> Just so many like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, there was a lot of weird confusion with the timelines again this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, obviously that's on purpose to you know play with us. And when we go back and see it as a whole, I'm sure it will make more sense. But it's uh, yeah, that that whole like. Uh, it's getting really, really hard to tell where, you know, Arnold starts and Bernard ends and where that is in the timeline, especially like with the house. Like now that we've taken Arnold to the house, does that mean that like all the times that Arnold took Dolores to the house, that wasn't a real house and that was all in the uh, the cradle? Because I remember that just looking like really weirdly digitally like bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of speculated that that might have been for a reason that that was still inside of the the matrix of the whatnots. Right. Yeah, there's certainly I mean, there's no way to tell. And they could always throw a curveball either way. So, yeah, there's nothing like definite about that. Yeah. I mean, like the... I just so much so much of the rest of the show is just crafted so well to have like such a weird sort of like effect going on at that time just kind of drives me nuts because like it totally could just be bad production but it could also be like the key to solving everything (laughs) (laughs) right totally but yeah I didn't even say that the uh best thing about a story is you know having figuring it out yourself i suppose (laughs) (laughs) which i feel like was just a nod to everyone that's coming up with theories and and talking on reddit of course yeah to people listening to the show yeah (laughs) (laughs) stop listening to us just come up with your own shit (laughs) please don't do that If I could just pull a forward and jump in your brain and say, take that back. Yeah, I never listen to anything I say. Um, but yeah, then after the uh, the credit sequence, we get to the whole torturing Bernard to uh, to find out where Arnold's brain or not Arnold, where uh, Abernathy's brain is. Um, and so I think that it, that section is definitely uh, after the assault. So like from what I'm yeah. putting together, we have like the assault. Um on the the park and then we have like the assault on like the the uh the cradle and everything and then like two weeks later there's the beach stuff and then we come back to the cradle for like the aftermath stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah i think like that that whole torture stuff is in the the aftermath so um, yeah like the the two weeks versus like the immediate um following the the massacre at the party 
Yeah, exactly. So at that point, Bernard has already been to whatever the promised land is beyond the fucking Valley of the Dolls there. Right. And, uh, and so now we're back and he knows where Abernathy's brain is, apparently. Right. And it also just goes to show what a bunch of dicks us humans are. It's like as soon as they find out Bernard's a host, they just immediately virtually oh, yeah. waterboard him. I Are you I, I have no problem believing that. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure that's exactly what what we do. I, yeah. I mean, that's what we do to everything. Like every new animal we come across, the first thing we do is cut it open and see how it works. Um, that's <laughs> why I've never. The first thing we do is waterboard it. <laughs> <laughs> like, um... Who is your leader? <laughs> <laughs> Who controls the muskrats? Uh, no, I mean, that's, you know, why I've never really had uh, too much trouble believing in like alien abduction conspiracy stuff, because like if aliens did come here, you know, probably what they would do is take us and try and figure out how we reproduce. Like that is just one, you know, that's almost status quo for uh, biological science. Right. Yeah. And the fact that they haven't come back tells you they didn't find too much then. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing useful. At least. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that they could just do that virtually to Bernard. And I believe like someone did like a close up screenshot of their uh, their iPad. And you can see that mm -hmm. like it's just one of an array of various tortures that could have put him through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Bernard's uh, brain scan on the iPads there, at one point we see that he is being defragmented. <laughs> right. So he's he's like running his own uh, defragmentation process. But this is like after Ford infests his brain and they go all multiple personality. So like is Bernard trying to fix himself and like sort Ford away or is he integrating Ford or is he, is that, is that like, or is that just like how the information has to then organize itself after you mix these two bodies together? Or is it becoming a Dolores Wyatt situation where they're just going to kind of become one? Yeah, I was going to ask the same thing. Like, uh, is, do you, you know, is Ford still in his his brain at that point in time or or what? And that's what they're trying to like uh, or what's causing. Well, yeah, uh, they, they said that like the um, all of a sudden, like all the park stuff came back online and it seemed like the, the cradle wasn't fighting against them anymore. So I assume that was indicating that Ford is no longer in the cradle. But then that means yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, what, no, I'm totally what, on board with that. That like Ford sort of jumped ship before the cradle blew up. Yeah, and sort of is hitching a ride in Bernard's head. But yeah, so was so that means Ford's in his head during the waterboarding and whatnot. Yeah, I assume so. And he's not really uh, not going to do anything about it. Like no, I mean, <laughs> he just conveniently gives Bernard <laughs> yeah. his free will back when he's being tortured. Yeah, well, you know, when you when you're riding in a car and the the pa the uh, driver gets pulled over, you don't get a ticket for being a passenger. <laughs> it's just the safe place to be. My pet theory, and this is a bit <laughs> out there, is that Ford actually downloaded himself 
into Bernard's glasses. <laughs> That's why he always has to clean them. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he takes them off. He has free will. When he puts them back on, he just starts starts machine gunning people. Every time he cleans his glasses, he's giving Ford an HJ. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, there is, is a continued disturbing lack of boobies and sex in general in this show, uh, which is uh, uh, compoundingly frustrating. <laughs> this is this is not what we were promised. I don't know. Were we ever promised? I, I was promised sex robots. God damn it! <laughs> oh, silly human. <laughs> True. I yeah. I need to temper my expectations. I suppose. Um, but that. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of does, uh, I guess, transition or at least a good point to transition to uh, um, Maeve and her whole situation with her daughter uh, reliving the, the man in black scenario. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I, even though I felt bad, like she finds her daughter for all of five seconds. Yeah. And then, and then gone again. Yeah. And it almost seemed like her daughter started to. I don't know if recognize her as the mom or like at least trust her as an authority figure, but there was like definitely some recognition there. I thought. Possibly. Yeah. It could just be, I mean, she was just taking charge and you're in a really precarious situation. So it's like, well, that's I'm gonna, true. I'm yeah, going to trust you're, this seemingly friendly lady. <laughs> you're a 10 year old people are trying to kill you and there's an adult protecting you yeah, yeah. i guess that makes sense it's okay. doling out promises and saying <laughs> they'll protect you yeah but then the uh the man in black burst through the door and one thing that like kind of registered this time that i don't think registered with me as much in previous episodes is that the the man in black and the mave thing had to be pretty recent like the, you know, the, as far as like using, uh, the older William for it and everything, like it all seems like, you know, that was within the last, you know, few years or something that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I feel like Maeve was only in charge of the brothel for maybe like year, a couple of years to a month, you know, a few months or something. Yeah. Cause I, I guess I always thought, yeah, Maeve was always just, uh, kind of head of the, the brothel, the Mariposa. Yeah, and that the like farmland Mave was always supposed to be like a distant memory, but I don't think it's anywhere near as distant as it's been like painted in the past. Yeah, that's interesting, and it also brings. Uh, I mean, Mave was also still the the head of the brothel in the uh, in the cradle. So, yeah, that's true. And Mave's counterpart is the head of the brothel in uh, Shogun World. So, like, I, yeah, we're where did that crossover happen as well? Did they just like run the same storylines in both parks or? Yeah. Or yeah. It's like when I have to look, or look for more of the timeline of when they just sort of decide to make her sort of a, just kind of a plantation mom. Yeah. Yeah. When did they, when they repurposed Maeve, did they repurpose her counterpart in Shogun world? Yeah. Uh, or was I mean, it or just for the, the marketing materials for Westworld? <laughs> Yeah. Is it just easier if everything's on the same story? So as like a dungeon master, it's easier to keep track of everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> just has more, more of size, more uh, corner cuts. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, if I was in charge, that's what I'd do. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's that sort of like interesting portion of that 
I guess, section of the show uh, where um, uh, the man in black starts to actually take flight or take take shots and get hurt. Uh, this is like the first time we've seen him like actually get fairly injured. Um, yeah, definitely but, more than one shot. Like men in black could take a, take a gun to the shoulder. Like nobody. Yeah, apparently <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him get shot in the shoulder. Like what? Like two more or two other times. And he like, Oh, that's true. Yeah. Bounces yeah. right back. Yeah. Um, which actually feeds into the theory that he's a robot as well. Certainly does. Yeah. I mean, we did see that free what, what episode that he grabs something from like behind a wall. So maybe like the repair kits also work on humans. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He does have his own uh, sort of emergency cheat kit or, uh, you know, game genie or whatever the fuck he found in the wall there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if that is like works on humans or if it also like confirms that he might be, uh, you know, some sort of hosts. Well, I mean, hybrid. at this point, they they say that the host bodies are basically human bodies. So right. I assume that like, uh, and they said that that was done for like cost saving measures. So I assume that, you know, we already have, you know, kind of all of that Star Trek uh, healing technology ray gun shit. And uh, that is, you know, just since we already had it, it was easier to make robots that use that as well. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense that we'd have that futuristic technology if it weren't for Elsie saying she wanted to go to dental school instead. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't we just have friggin' robots making you perfect teeth? Oh, such a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> like being a straight up dentist was still like a, a valid career path that she could have taken. Yeah. Again, is that one of those just like stupid throwaway things that someone came up with in the writer's room that doesn't matter to anything? Or is that like the cornerstone that makes everything else in the show make sense? It's fucking, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I figure it's just like a, show, a throwaway line, kind of like, uh, you know, like. Uh, I just told you I hate Mondays kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another one of those little moments in that section was when uh, Lawrence comes over because Maeve is about to kill the man in black and Lawrence stops her. And there's this like weird moment of like starting to realize that Lawrence was more conscious than the other robots. Yeah. He's a woke bot. He, yeah, he, he is like a semi woke bot. And then Maeve either, I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure if Maeve couldn't stop him. So she kind of like just talked him into it or if she was accessing her like secret Wi-Fi stuff and like made him realize like all the, uh, you know, unlocked his memories. Yeah, I kind of read it as like she can only use that sort of mesh network for the, you know, for the for the hosts that, you know, haven't sort of made it through the, the maze, if you will, for the minions. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was kind of like, oh, cause she's got this thing about like, we all deserve to, you know, ma decide our own fate and shit. But then like she was running around samurai world, just telling everyone to kill each other. And like, she, you know, she didn't have any regard for like, uh, you know, a few hundred robots, but then like two or three all of a sudden have like, uh, some, you know, uh, because she talked to them, they have the right to decide who they, what they get to do. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I guess it's just the ones that like, yeah, if she can control them, then like they're just still running on their, their loops like they have no free will or perceived free will. So it's just like, well, if they can be controlled, you know, via the mesh network or whatever she's using, then, you know, they're still just, uh, you know, scenery. 
Yeah. And I, I can't remember the exact line, but like right before Lawrence turns and uh, decides to try and shoot uh, uh, old William or the man in black, he says something about, um, you told me once before that a man isn't a man until he suffered or, you know, you're not, not real until you suffered or something like that. Mm-hmm. And to me that fed into the whole idea that like uh, Lawrence is part of the, the Ford narrative to, uh, to make the man in black robot become a real person. So like if the man in black is a robot, then he has to, you know, still kind of jump through that maze to become, you know, actually real. Like it, if the, um, the, basically if William had his brain put, you know, in, uh, on ice or whatever and put into a robot, he still has to find that realization. So like only through the, the pain and the torment, can he actually become realized as a human or robot humanoid? Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe that that suffering part is maybe just for like the original hosts because mm-hmm. they don't have or at least we don't know of them having any like real like human life beforehand unless they were like created in the image of real people as well. A la yeah, Bernard. Yeah. If your cor- if your cornerstone includes suffering. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I'm wondering because we did see the man in black take a couple more shots and one one that looked like right in the chest it seemed yeah yeah definitely seemed like a long shot (laughs) (laughs) yeah like not not one that you can easily patch up i'm guessing but who knows like the fact that he was still sitting up and like breathing like come on yeah yeah and then yeah then the whole uh the military comes in with sizemore and shoots up lawrence and shoots up mave and you can see like was the man in black hiding or did they just ignore him or I don't, yeah. Wh- why wouldn't they pick up the man in black as well? Yeah. I don't get that either. Maybe they just didn't see him because <laughs> he was already shot and kind of like obscured by a box. If they're, you know, the military guy's job is to like round up all these robots. Like, why would you leave anyone behind? Yeah. But, especially like the dude that technically owns the whole company. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to just sort of let him do his own thing and yeah, not have he, any security detail. Like, Hey, maybe the guy bankrolling this place should, uh, we should make sure he's okay. Totally. But I think regardless, the, the point of that little interaction was the Maeve Sizemore sort of, uh, connection there. Um, is, is Sizemore falling for Maeve or is he like coming around to her side now? Yeah. I think he's sort of like in that same sort of trance following like, wow, like I really could have, you know, I, I still have my free will, but, and I was allowed to use it, but I'm kind of starting to side with, with Maeve here. Yeah, because then later on when uh, we get, you know, catch back up with Maeve and she's on the the gurney and I don't know what the parking lot or whatever the fuck they're in. <laughs> um, it uh, in Dolores stumbles upon her and, is, you know, Maeve's in really bad shape there. But Dolores is like debating whether or not to put her down and then Maeve asks her not to essentially. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, and then we kind of cut to this, like, horrified shot of Sizemore over in the corner where he, um, you know, you kind of, like, get the impression that he's going to, like, put Maeve back together and, you know, follow Humpty Dumpty around. 
Yeah, that he yeah, he's a, he's a convert now maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean that's his own creation. So is he falling for his own ideal of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Is it is do you think it's a um a a going to be like a love story thing or do you think that's going to be a uh more of a um you know, uh militaristic alignment? I yeah, I think it'd be kind of bizarre for it to turn romantic. Um, Cause then he would have to show down with Hector, I feel like, but also, yeah, I feel like it's more of him just sort of like, just sort of, you have to make a bet at some point, like, do you back the humans or do you back, like, you know, of these, these forces, like which ones, uh, you know, am I going to be in the right side of history here? Totally. Yeah. I, for one, welcome our worldwide overlords. Yeah, exactly. I don't even swear at my, uh, my Google home. <laughs> I, I refuse to have one. <laughs> I don't want them decoding me. Right. Yeah, exactly. I want fidelity and I yeah. trust Google to deliver it. Well, that's actually kind of an interesting thing that I was thinking about. Um, I, I'm starting there. It's definitely been tinkering around, but it feels like this whole show is just kind of like a metaphor for the internet in general. Like when they talk about the idea of like people coming here and doing what they want and thinking that no one is watching. And then all of a sudden, all we have is data on them and we know exactly who they are and we can get rid of them and replace them with the things that we want. Right. And it's sort of like big data. It's like you have a, you can gather a ton of it, but knowing what to do with it is sort of half the battle. (laughs) Very true. Or I think someone also mentioned, which is kind of funny, is just like an internet technology. This company spent all their money on developers and not enough on security per usual. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, Yeah. That's happening almost every day. Yes. um, Oh, one other thing that kind of messed with my uh, conceptions there, when the uh, when the man in black first comes into that um, that little house and Maeve and her daughter are kind of huddled in the corner there, Maeve eventually pulls out a gun and shoots at him, but she misses like didn't Maeve jack up all of her stats and shouldn't she be able to never miss at this point like if teddy can become it can be you know just statted to be a cold-blooded dead shot why wouldn't mave be as well yeah that's a good point because i remember sort of like maybe exclaiming out loud like what a terrible shot like <laughs> you're right yeah. she's like upped all of her attributes that that should be yeah, I mean, she's like 10 feet away in a little shack. <laughs> like, right. that, that shouldn't be a miss at all, like, unless that's intentional and that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she wanted to make him suffer, but I mean, she was yeah. being threatened. Or there, that's, so like, you know, that's Ford in the machine maybe as well. Uh, in which machine? <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Well, is, I don't know. Is, Ford sort of like moving things around because I mean, he still needs or wants William around for some reason, it seems. Yeah, but is Ford in William to test Maeve or is Ford in Maeve to test William or is Ford in the daughter to test both of them? I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have, you know, some stray theories on some of those things that aren't Mm -hmm. just jokes about Bernard's glasses. But (laughs) I did want to mention the other thing that kind of took me out of the episode was the Mm -hmm. sort of the destruction of the cradle. Oh, which just uh, like you go to, you, dis- mean, you know, you're going to destroy this thing. You don't think to maybe bring your own bomb. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, how could that be the plan to just stand there and wait for someone with a bomb to wander by and convince them to use their own bomb? Like, uh, did did she even have a gun? Yeah, she had like a handgun or something. But like, I don't think that would have been enough. Yeah, and I think there was like some line about like where they said something about being careful in the cradle. Like it's you know oh. explosive or something. But that also That's means tr- like if you had a gun. She could have just used that to blow it up. She didn't have to stand there and wait. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe she just wanted to fuck with a human one last time before the rodeo was over. Yeah, I guess. Because I think now you're sort of like, uh, you know, deleting (laughs) the ability to kind of restart your mission or, you know, get your your life back. So you're you're operating on no saves. Yeah, that's... um... Yeah, I don't, and she was like one of the originals. Like she was the one that uh, convinced uh, Logan that you know the robots were worth investing in in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, maybe she just had enough lives and she was done with it. Uh, I don't know. And she's also the one uh, that was wearing the sort of crown of thorns. So another a um, sort of a, a death to save all the hosts. The crown of thorns? Because she was the one that was, she had to like, I don't know how she's been doing her hair so quickly in between scenes and timelines. Oh. But, <laughs> but she had curlier hair, was wearing kind of like what looked like a crown of thorns. Gotcha. Um, and so very, very Jesus-like being, you know, uh, crucifying her to, to get rid of all the, not even really sins with this case, but just getting rid of all the, um, you, you know, the backup copies of all the yeah. hosts. Yeah, just clean slating everything. Mm-hmm. There was like that earlier Abernathy quote about, uh, you know, some people having to pay for the the redemption of others or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it does definitely seem to be along the lines of robot culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have their own culture. Um, speaking of things that took me out or made... Uh, I thought were weird um, towards the end. We have the, the shootout battle where uh, all of the um, uh, there's like the pile of naked bodies. And then they realize that those were humans. And then the robots have stolen all the, the guard clothing. And then Teddy shows up with his, you know, full armor on. And there's a point where Teddy's shooting like two handguns and he runs out of bullets and he does this weird thing where he just like turns his hand over and like drops them like hot potatoes or something. It's just like, it, it <laughs> doesn't seem like the action of a you know trained gunfighter <laughs> so, yeah, like he was like comedian dropping the mic or something it just it, it he was obviously going for another gun but it just seemed like so so weird like for him to have been so statted up and like you know become this professional killer guy to just be like so oblivious to uh an attack from other ankles and whatnot um when the bearded guy comes and jumps on him it's just kind of it was just a weird moment to me i'll have to i'll have to give that a, a second second viewing or at least our closer uh inspection on that just to catch the 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 hot potato drop <laughs> yeah i'm sure it means nothing but it was just really weird to me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I might have just like yeah, that part was just wiped out by the sort of just cold, like punching someone's face off. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, like a fight club moment. Right. Just kind of <laughs> kept going until uh, until. Yeah, it's going to make him beautiful. 
<laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but then that gets us into the whole uh, the sort of ending there with uh, the what are we calling the combin the. F- Ford Arnold Bernard Erdman, Ford. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, he's just sort of like a, a smoothie well, I, of the original creators of the park. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can we can do away with uh, the idea of Bern Arnold and just go with Bernard because he's not really Arnold. He's like someone's drawing of Arnold that has come to life. So it's more of just a Bernard Ford, Ferdinand, whatever. But yeah, Fernard are uh, going around and uh, Ford is kind of like leading him like some sort of uh, uh, pace car in a video game, showing him where to uh, to go and what to do. And then at some point, like they do this weird, like uh, where, uh, when they, when they start shooting where, um, uh, Bernard, they kind of keep flashing between two different shots of, uh, Ford's face against black and then Bernard's face against black and fucking, uh, like, I don't know. It was almost like a, um, uh, some like a weird slasher gangster movie sort of thing. I don't know, like a Scarface sort of like, reverie <laughs> i don't know um obviously it was supposed to show us that uh ford is taking over bernard in that moment but um i don't know it just was weirdly executed yeah i don't, I don't know it makes a cool gif <laughs> <laughs> anthony hopkins just holding a machine gun that's but. that's what's going to be on his tombstone right <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool just showing that, yeah, that, I mean, clearly Ford sort of taking back the uh, free will just for a sec, like, you know, let me ride, uh, <laughs> let me drive for just a second here until we get through this uh, tough train, then I'll give you back the wheel. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of offhandedly mentioned Fight Club earlier, but it's definitely kind Tyler of feeling Durden like that's style. T- exactly, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, you can't handle this moment, so let me take care of it for you sort of thing. Yeah. Ford, take the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again for joining us on the Wild Wild West World. I hope you had a wild, wild time on our wild, wild romp through the wild, wild west of robots. Um, you can check out all of our fine shows on the Fallcast Network. We got Power Tinkering, Text Before Calling, Going Down on South Park, and Literally Literary. Um, yeah, check us out on the Facebooks and on the tweeters and tell us your theories and let us know why we're wrong because I'm sure we are. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Wild Wild West World on, on Facebook. Check it out. Like it, comment, do what you need to do. 